Welcome to the FBA Profit Show with your hosts Subi and Leland. The company Slack is the fastest company in history to reach a $2 billion valuation. Welcome to FBA Profits. I'm Leland. I'm Zuby. And we, appe- appre- <laughs> and we appreciate you joining <laughs> us today. Uh, we're here to uh, educate, help, and blather on and stumble upon uh, fulfillment by Amazon and general business discussions. Today in particular, Zuby, we're talking about capitalization or no, capital allocation. Yeah, and capitalization and, you know, cost of capital. And um, like we had discussed, I think a lot of uh, podcasts out there, a lot of uh, Amazon uh, or FBA specific podcasts and and training programs and whatnot are only concentrating um, on the steps required to, you know, what to learn Amazon and to learn the FBA process, to learn the terminology and to learn how to manage your Amazon Seller Central account. And all of those are extremely important. Uh, but uh, you and I, you know, coming from the business world, being sort of lifelong entrepreneurs, um, we understand that there's more to a successful business model than just understanding the the nitty-gritty details of that specific platform that you're using to run a business. Um, there are macro uh, components uh, that we have to understand. And one of the major uh, factors behind the success of any business is cash flow and capitalization and, and how you allocate the funds that you have for your business um, and, and where and how you can get more funds uh, and more capital to grow your business because you can't you know, have any significant growth on a business unless you are continuously investing and capitalizing that business. Agree. So when just to take a little step back here, when we're talking about capital, I know, uh, and I don't know specifically who's going to be listening to this, but if my wife listens to it, we probably lost her. But I think it's important (laughs) that you said it, and I'm just recapitulating it. It's how cash goes through the system of your company, right? And that can be the raising of it at the beginning or ongoing, whether that's your own capital, somebody else's or what's borrowed, right? But then also as it goes through the system and just to insert here, both of us, right? We've been in larger organizations where you just have a profit and loss statement to address and where the money really comes from doesn't matter. So I hope you spend a little bit of time about, you know, maybe like seed money or what, where to look for money, especially for starting FBA. I think we've touched on it in previous episodes on how important it is to have that cash ready to go and not have expectations that all of it's coming right back to you instantly. But then um, in the smaller businesses that I dealt with, cash is king, right? So you, ha- I'm with you. You have to follow where these dollars are going. And uh, at least for me, there's really heady ways to look at it. Like there's the out there you can read about the the three R's. Um, there's other guys that talk very specifically on how to use your capital. So I want to ask you, where do we, how do you want to frame today's discussion? You want to talk about all of that? You want to look at it just as it is in an FBA itself? Uh, Where do you want to go with this? I think, I think in order to uh, save time, because I I know you and I can spend hours discussing this, 
uh, we should just concentrate on our target audience, which is mostly uh, smaller business owners, um, you know, individuals who have started an Amazon business or an e-commerce business, and um, you know, just sort of talk about how they can grow, or where where they can go to get additional capital, where their initial capital comes from, or and and what our suggestions are for how they should allocate it and how they should uh, grow that business. Because I think if we get larger, as as we get larger and larger, our our uh, options grow as well. Um, it's a lot harder to raise capital when you're a small startup than it is when you're a larger established entity uh, that has uh, you know. A consistent cash flow and can, and you've been in business for X amount of time and that there is historical data that can be used to justify uh, a larger capital raise. So I think we should just concentrate on on the smaller aspect of it right now and and I think as as we see our uh, audience grow into larger businesses, uh, mm-hmm. our, our clients get bigger and bigger. We can then discuss that more. Um, but the, one of the can I just interject something here? Sure. Me posing that question is uh, sort of I'm being uh, facetious in a way. I want us to focus on the real world application. My experience is the real heady stuff actually boils down to what you have to do in your own ventures. And I, I don't know if you have the same experience, but in the small businesses that I've seen, you have to have the cash. If you have any type of debt that you're repairing, repaying, that has the priority for everything else because that's what's going to crush you at some point. So, um, you know, anybody listening to this can go to Amazon, uh, the bookseller part of it, right, to, to the Kindle part and read about capitalization and how to, you know, run a P&L and do allocations and get caught up in, like I mentioned, the three R's and all of that garbage. Well, I shouldn't call it garbage, but those very specific, very heady topics. Um, but I think the real world application has the most value. And I, to be honest with you, in some ways it can even apply to your personal finances. So I, I just wanted to, to, you know, take a second to let you know, I kind of set you up with that question. No, and and, and <laughs> since, since you're being honest, I'll be honest too. I've kind of set you up as well. Because uh, we've had this discussion before and you and I have a very... Um, we, we we look at debt from a very different perspectives, um, and and uh, when we when 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 we thought thought about this topic to uh, uh, to add to our podcast, the thing that was in the back of my mind is that this is going to be a good discussion between you and I because when we get to that part of it, uh, we've had this discussion before just for our business. Um, I know that there's a lot to learn for uh, both of us um, and we can, you know, mm-hmm. that discussion is going to be very uh, eye-opening to anybody listening uh, because there is no one right way. That There are multiple ways to get to a successful business um, and whether you use, you know, th- th- there are so many different avenues that you can use to try to raise capital and find additional um, funds to grow your business, purchase inventory and increase your cash flow. Um, but each person, based on their own personal experiences, their own personal, you know, education and what they have learned uh, throughout their life and and careers, uh, has different priorities to each of those options. Uh, and I know you and I 
um, have somewhat of differing uh, opinions towards debt. Well, you, I see yeah, it. Uh, there you go. Finally, I was wondering when you were going to say that. I was about ready to whisper into the microphone. <laughs> we're referring to debt. Yes. <laughs> taking out money. Yeah, no. But uh, all right. So where do you, you want to start at the beginning? Like for yeah, you uh, know what, how I, do I, you fund like FBA? How would you suggest somebody to start funding? So uh, for, for, for our audience, uh, for anybody who's just starting out, um, I mean, we have, you know, a number of our students who um, this is their first foray into their own having a, their own business. They all have uh, their their jobs, um, you know, they have careers and they're just starting their first ever entrepreneurial uh, endeavor. Um, and, you know, they we I get this question all the time. How much should I invest into my business? And that's a very personal question. And, and it, it, you know, it's relative to your net worth. It's relative to uh, how much cash you have available to invest. It's relative to, you know, what your investment risk is and what you, where you want to see your business grow. But uh, for us, you know, we, we always recommend a minimum of about $5,000 to start with. Um, you can, this is an inventory-based business, so the more capital you have uh, to invest into your business, the more sales you're going to have, and the more sales you have, the more profits you're going to have, and the faster you're going to grow. Um, but initially, I had a I had a client uh, last week um, uh, talk to me about, hey, I can raise one hundred fifty thousand uh, dollars to go ahead and start the business with, um, and I dissuaded him from that because when you're launching an Amazon business, specifically an Amazon business, uh, Amazon is so um, customer centric and they're so worried about the wrong sellers jumping on and selling, you know, either fake products or not knowing how to do proper, uh, how, how to maintain their seller metrics properly. So it hurts the customer uh, experience that they gate or restrict Amazon sellers, new sellers from being able to sell on so many different categories. So if you have a hundred thousand or hundred fifty thousand dollars that you want to invest into your business, a lot of that capital is going to be sitting on the sidelines for a few months until your business starts getting billing traction and getting the kind of um, uh, historical sales data that that Amazon's algorithm needs to see before they will auto approve you to sell in different categories. So. The, the the first main point would be you don't need too much capital. In fact, you shouldn't invest you know uh, $50,000 or $100,000 right off the bat as a brand new seller. Anything from $5,000 to maybe $25,000 is a great start. And that will um, get you going for maybe the initial three to six months. You'll be able to just generate uh, some good sales and, and cash flow from that. And then as you grow your business, um, you can then go ahead and add additional capital to it because now you're able to uh, sell topicals and you're able to sell in the grocery category and you're able to sell in these higher and, and, and more categories that will generate more sales faster for you. So, so you were just mentioning categories that you're gated. You can't just jump in and start selling in those categories on day one. You got to prove your your company to you have uh, to prove you're real yeah yeah to amazon that you're going to be around and that you know what you're doing so you can't just we're not a, we're not suggest what you're su saying is don't spend huge amounts of money on an inventory all at once and think you're going to start flipping that money right away right 
Right. Yeah. But it's important also not to have that expectation that, hey, I have $1,000, I'm going to jump on and, and you know, in a year I'll have $100,000 in sales. It's, you're not going to be able to do that. Well, let's talk. So let's say you take, um, let's split what your suggestion was. You got 10. Mm -hmm. uh, just we can start talking percentages or the whole numbers. So that's why I picked 10,000. Um, our experience, my experience with this was some of that needs to be allocated in other places, right? So your inventory-based uh, business. So you're going to buy as much as you can with inventory. What's your suggestion? And if this is secret sauce, you don't have to answer. But you have to set aside some for the day-to-day -day and just dealing with Amazon. Because within that inventory, at least the way I looked at it, some of it has to go to the shipping initially and maybe some holding costs and some other things. But what would you suggest to somebody coming in? What should they set aside? Because you're just not going to take all of your 10,000 and just buy, you know, product. Well, the, the good thing with the Amazon business model is that the majority of your expenses related to uh, selling inventory, uh, selling your inventory on Amazon is charged by Amazon on your account. Um, and usually it gets charged post um, sale. So a lot of you know, you you can you can allocate a large percentage of your of your capital to inventory right off the bat. Um, you do need to save some because there are things that we recommend. Um, you know, for example, Inventory Lab is is a subscription based platform that we highly recommend to all of our uh, clients. It's forty dollars a month. Um, I think it's forty or fifty dollars a month, but we highly recommend that because it really helps um, you simplify your Amazon selling experience. Uh, you can list through it. You can, all your accounting is done through it. Um, you know, th th it's, it's a great platform, but that is off Amazon. So you need to be able to either charge on a credit card or on your debit card um, on a monthly basis for that. But for the most part, um, initially you can, you can, you know, 90% of your funds, if not more of it could go towards uh, your inventory right off the bat. Now, the problem you're going to run into um, is if you can't move that inventory. In other words, if that inventory sits there for months and months and months and you don't sell anything, so you don't have that cash flow coming back from Amazon, now you're in a, in a pickle because you've, you've put all of your money into inventory that's not moving at all. And now you need additional capital to pay for the storage fees after you know Amazon charges you minuscule amounts in the first 12 months. Uh, but still, it, it it does add up. You have to pay for the Amazon professional account, which is forty dollars a month, and there's other ancillary um, costs. You know, shipping to Amazon um, is is a cost that you do have to pay for on a monthly basis. So, um, it's important to make sure that your the inventory that you're purchasing for resale is you've done your research on it and you're selling it properly. And that's where we come in as far as whether it's our uh, leads list or our training program. We help uh, ensure that the products that you're purchasing are fast-moving products and they are profitable. Not, I guess, ensure isn't the right word. We help you. <laughs> we help you uh, analyze. A racy, a racy, a racy. Yes. In the words of a comic, I really like. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, uh, but so my point, uh, budget, right? So coming into it, it's not like going to Vegas, all black, all red. You know, you're just not on, on the roulette wheel. You're not just jumping in and saying, okay, I'm putting everything on this. You want to allocate some of your budget. 
and know what it's going to. Majority of it can go to inventory. You mentioned it's an inventory based, you know, uh, business. Now, being strategic with that budget, then too, right? So you mentioned the Pro Asins list. Um, would you advise somebody to go all in on one? So they have their, let's say they take eight out of the 10 and they see that there's plenty of whatever it is on that list that they can go buy, whatever the number is, they can fill $8,000 worth of that one product. Would you advise somebody to do that? Absolutely not. Um, no. And so the, the, when you're, when you're allocating your funds towards inventory, um, if you are part of our training program, our, our fees are, so, are the same as like an inventory lab fee, right? It, Amazon doesn't pay us. You pay us directly. So you need to make, keep that uh, in mind uh, when, when you're allocating how much money are you spending on your inventory. And there's other subscription-based services that, you're, so that, 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 that you could be paying for. So it's important to have an, a, an understanding of your expenses. And, that, and, and we... Our, our students, we help them uh, with their uh, expense allocation and uh, regularly. But to answer your question, the allocation of your funds towards inventory has to be strategic. In other words, you do not want to put all your eggs in one basket. Whether that one basket is one category or one brand or one product, you do not want to put all your funds into it. Uh, you always want to uh, diversify between different categories, different brands, um, and different products. Um, at no point, even if you found an amazing, amazing product, unless you're a private label seller and that's your product and that's your business model, you do not want to put the majority of your funds, uh, of your investment into any one uh, product. Uh, whether that's, and, and that holds true, at least in my opinion, whether it's in you know, stocks or anything else that you're investing in, you never want, you always want to diversify. Mm -hmm. um, but for us, you know, w w w with our leads, when we send out our leads to our, our clients uh, and our students, um, they're usually, you know, every every day they when they they get it, it's never in in the same category. It's never all of them uh, the same, uh, you know, subcategory. There's always at least four or five different categories within that list, um, and there's different price points within that list, um, and. It's, you know, they, the, the students have to decide which ones they're going to purchase or which ones they can purchase um, and which ones they want to resell. Uh, but it's, it's always important to diversify the funds that you have, especially when you're starting out, uh, into as many different products as possible. And what we recommend to our, to our clients and our students uh, initially is you, you never want to go deep on any one product, especially on your first purchase. You always want to make sure that your first purchase, you know, is, is 10, a dozen, 18, whatever, depending on the price. Um, and then once you get that into the Amazon warehouse and it sells and you see that the, it's selling and you have some experience with it, now your next order is going to be a few more. And then the next order and the objective being that you want to find a product that you can continuously keep that loop going where you're purchasing getting it, shipping it to Amazon, it sells, you purchase more, um, and you want to keep that going so that um, your inventory never runs out on Amazon, but at the same time, you're not uh, risking too much capital on that inventory at any one given time. Right. Did the, that answer what you were asking? Totally. Yeah, diversify. Um, 
the only thing I would add to that is uh, if you want, stick to things that you know and that you're comfortable with. Um, it doesn't mean, you know, uh, you like cameras, so all you do is buy cameras. But there's certain things in your day-to-day life, all of our lives, that we've bought and looked at and, you know, look at any one of the FBA accounts. It, it can range. And we've talked about meltables, you know, chocolate. We've talked about other food products that are out there, right? And, and we all eat food, so you can uh, tap into that. And we all have, you know, different uh, things that we enjoy as far as hobbies. So diversifying you can do, but also be familiar with it. If it's something, and I would suggest if there's something on the list that you don't know about, like you don't know that market, you don't, don't buy it. Don't, don't deal with it because you might not understand that it, if there's fluctuations, uh, we've talked about it recently on one of them, the meltables like chocolate, there's that period of time, you know, for summer where you can't sell it. Well, if I, if you really like chocolate and you see a deal right now, now would be not the time to do that. Uh, and if you, or if you don't know about chocolate, you could kind of stumble into, you know, that's, not knowing that, that it melts. That's a horrible example, but no, but that that's great advice uh, in general. Uh, but for our um, clients and students, whether you're a client of our uh, just leads list or you're a student of our training program, if there's if you're listening and you have questions about anything you receive from us, you have us to ask instead of just saying oh, yeah. no to it. If it's something that's that, that you think, hey, this is great. I don't know. I don't understand it, but the numbers look great. Just reply to that email you got or contact your coach or contact Leland or I, and we'll be you know more than happy to research it for you and let you know why we think you're right or wrong or what the what the options are that you have. Um, so yeah, but but that's a, in general, that's a great, uh, great point. And then, to build from that, so your initial investment, um, you know, it's not going to be that significant. However, once you build your business and and you have some momentum and you have some some history behind it and you have some sales and you're getting sales done, Amazon is sh- sending you money every two weeks and you're using those funds to um, to reinvest into your um, business and into your inventory. Now you've reached a point where you're getting auto-approved to many different categories um, and you're ready to sort of scale your business. Where do you find the additional capital? Well, you do have yourself. If you have the funds available to add to your business, this is the time to do it. And and how much you do is completely based on your uh, business strategy, on on what you want to achieve in your business. and if you don't have the funds, you have, you know, you, you're able to go to friends and family and, you know, uh, offer decent terms um, to them as a loan. Uh, you can go. Amazon actually uh, offers uh, resellers loans um, at decent terms. They're not the best terms, but um, it, it's you, you can get, you know, loans from Amazon, from QuickBooks, uh, third-party lenders. Uh, small business loans, you can go to SBA if if you qualify for that um, and get loans from them. Um, and this is where I think the contentious part comes between you and I, Leland, and that for me, as long as the cost of capital is less than what my potential return is on that debt, I like the debt. Um, whereas I don't think you are on the same boat because of, uh, if I understood you correctly, Debt is is something that you want to repay as quickly as possible. Um, is that correct? So, partly, I'm with you. Where if you can sit down with the pencil and paper and do the math and say, 
okay, this is the cost of capital. This is what I'm going to pay for it. And this is the return I'm going to get. Great. That makes sense. But I think where we differ is the factoring in of time. And I think mm -hmm. it has to do with risk. Uh, risk tolerance, yes. Yeah. I, I'm, uh, I might be, in some ways, I'm not risk adverse, certainly in my hobbies. But when it comes to, uh, you know, um, capital, I, I try to play it a little bit safer. Um, I think the only caveat I'd put to what you said for, for my part of it is, if you can use cash, by all means. If you're scaling, uh, I don't know too many people who have, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars laying around to just throw into buying inventory. So then it becomes part of the business model. I would say early on, I would not recommend to somebody we're coaching to grab one of their credit cards, run up $10,000 on it, and you know hope and pray that they can pay it in time to not hit the really high interest rates. If you're going to raise capital that way, know the numbers forwards and backwards and understand what's going to happen if things go sideways. Minimize the risk by knowing what not the rewards easy to figure out but it's the what if uh, and i'm not saying plan for the future uh, knowing all the bad things or potential bad things could happen but at least have a plan b if something were to go sideways um so that's i think that's where we differ maybe i think uh, i perceive you as being a little bit more cavalier with it mm -hmm. and uh, i'm one to just let me look at all of the other options before just jumping in and you know um going after uh what appears to be free cash yeah, yeah, and I'm, I'm, I'm more risk tolerant uh, than 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 you are, I think, and it's just I think your our personalities and our history, um, and I think, and at least from my perspective, it's what makes us really good partners because um, you have uh, reined me in on a lot of, <laughs> <laughs> and you've pushed me along too, so yes. there you go, <laughs> and, and I have reined you out. Is that is that a term? <laughs> But it, it, let's let's uh, let's agree on this. If you have debt, it's important that that's a priority in your then, uh, you know, uh, capital governance, if you will, or the investment governance. Right. That becomes important on how you're going to deal with it, how long it's going to be and when, you know, does it ever clear your books or is it just, you know, like bonds yes. that the big companies run up and, right and and i think i think there's different types of debts that and and you have to look at each one differently um i agree with you credit card debt because of the high interest rate should not be carried month to month in on your books um what i do in my personal business i use credit cards regularly it's it's the pr the primary source of how i make purchases on my for my inventory um and you know we, we we sell we're a seven figure seller on on amazon so that that's a lot of uh money that i'm spending on on credit cards but i do it strategically and on purpose because um i have all of my credit cards um give me either cash back or miles um and i have a system in place uh, where i track um, all of my spending on a monthly basis on those credit cards and I make sure that at the end of when, when that statement is due that the entire amount is paid off that month so there is absolutely zero cost of carrying that debt forward there is no interest that I'm paying on it even though I might have a $40,000 um, 
statement balance for that month, but I know that I have the capital to pay that $40,000 off that month. Or if I have $10,000 or $5,000 on, on, on a credit card, I know that I have the money to be able to pay it off before the interest kicks in. And mm-hmm. that, that's the key thing because now I'm maximizing the rewards that they're, that they're providing, which is 2% cash back or one and a half miles per dollar spent or whatever it might be. And when you're getting, as, as you grow, when you get larger and larger, the more money you spend on those credit cards, the, these numbers add up very quickly. Um, on, on, at the end of the year, one of my credit cards pays for my, my family's vacation for the next, next year. Right. And, and it, it's 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 significant dollar amounts that we're talking about, but it only works if I ensure that I don't incur that 18 percent or 24 percent interest charge in, on any of the given months. Now, conversely, if you get um, and say, and, uh, you know, right now we're in the midst of COVID. So we'll, I'll talk about that. SBA is offering or had has offered now mm-hmm. to close it up. Uh, you know, pretty much free money um, that, you know, if you qualify for it and you get an SBA relief loan, um, they will give you, let's just, you know, $100,000 loan. You don't have to pay it back for the first 12 months. And then after the 12 months, your interest rate is 3.75%. To me, if, if you're in business and you cannot make 3.75% in return on any, on, on your dollar, uh, you shouldn't be in business. So to me, so, that kind of debt is mm-hmm. the kind of debt that I would, I would maximize as much as possible. Oh, I can it, see you be storming the beaches instantly for that kind of absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so I was be the first boat on the, the yeah leaving yeah. the church because because that is, and and you know those are two extremes. Yes. And then there, in the middle ground is, you know, I, I do have an Amazon loan. Um, I do have an Amazon business loan that it's a significant loan. Um, it's a, a nine-month repayment pro- plan. But when I ran the numbers, it is the, the percentage my, that I'm paying, the cost of capital for me is just under 8%. Um, and what I can get as a return based on my historical sales um, is significantly higher than 8%. So mm-hmm. it makes perfect sense for me, or it mm-hmm. made perfect sense, and it makes perfect sense for me to accept that loan and to continuously pay it off and then get it back. Pay it off is like a line of credit. Um, and if as long as I can make more than eight percent on that money that I'm borrowing, I'm cash flow. I'm net positive, and so it makes sense. It's it's uh, strategically um, business positive. Right. And as long as you, again, knowing your numbers, what's, what's that return on the investment that you're willing? Cause That's you know, important. you put it, you put in work on that stuff. So if you're, if it's one penny more, it, was it really worth all that one penny? And I, I want to challenge you on this thought. So within this world of you know capital allocation, there's the concept of the three R's and we've covered a couple already, you know, repaying the debt. Um, we've covered one really extensively. The other two are interesting to me, and I want to see how you would fit these in, especially in the umbrella of the FBA. The other two are, you know, reinvest the, you know, reinvesting. Uh, in this case, it would probably be inventory, and then um, return. Right. So uh, it, it, you're not going to have investors per se that you're earning money for. You're paying back the debt. But you're the investor, right? This is your 
you're the stakeholder, so you need to be paid too. Um, so with those three R's, we've kind of said, hey, paying the debt is kind of important and first, how would you fit reinvesting? I mean, we're, you, you can pay yourself as you see fit. Some people like to be first in line on that one because that's a, you know, a home uh, finance way of looking at things. But where do you put reinvestment back into this? Because you got to buy more capital, right? Or so, more, you got to buy more inventory. Inventory. Sorry. So yeah. it, it it goes back to, you know, the the the, the each individual's uh, goals and business objectives are different. So it depending on what your business objectives are, um, this could th th this will change. But for me, uh, at least for our clients, when um, they are they have uh, their their study careers, they're nine to five, and they that satisfies their personal expenses and they're using Amazon as an investment vehicle uh, in order to grow their capital, my contention has always been reinvest 100% of everything back into your business. Mm -hmm. uh, because compounding is, you know, Warren Buffett said it's the eighth wonder of the world and I agree mm -hmm. with him 100%. Mm -hmm. um, it is, it's, it really can grow your business uh, you know, on uh, super super fast. Uh, it's it's, um, you know, a, a, you you ten thousand dollars that gets you a ten percent return uh, becomes eleven thousand dollars. You know, during that one period, and then it becomes you know you get eleven hundred instead of a thousand dollars return, and it, it just keeps on. You're you're making money on the money that you made. So, it I would say reinvest as much as possible, and if your numbers make sense to your point. If you've already, if you know your numbers and you know that your return on that investment is higher than your cost for it, you always want to keep doing it. Mm -hmm. If your return falls below it, then no. Now you need to shift. You need to pivot. You need to find find out why your return is less. And then, if you if you're going to reinvest, you have to make sure that you're you're reinvesting into a an area and an, and and something that is going to make you money, not lose you money. Agreed. And I'm so glad you framed it in the way that the whole point of it to me, looking at capital and where you put it and how you let those little dollar soldiers march out to go capture more dollar soldiers is to maximize profits. So you were saying, you know, reinvest everything back in. I agree with you because that's the whole point. You're maximizing the amount of profits that you can get. I mean, the, there's the old business school thing about maximi maximizing profits, not so much by driving revenue, but when you're growing, you absolutely have to drive revenue. And so one way to maximize your profits is to take all of what you've you know, um, garnered and put it back in to the system to go get more. So you and I agree wholeheartedly there. Yes. Yes. Anything else on... Uh, allocating your your capital uh, a lot more but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but i think we've had the, the the main point points yes. you know that the you want to you want to make sure that you understand your numbers main first and foremost um and and understanding your numbers isn't going to happen on day one it's not going to happen on month one but it's an ongoing learning process and what what it means is that you you need to take the time to understand you know I have X amount of dollars to invest into this business. Am I? How am I going to allocate these? Am I going to allocate it? Uh, you know, ninety percent of it is going to go to inventory. Of that ninety percent, I'm going to put, uh, you know, 
it doesn't matter what the categories are or what the products are or what the brands are, but I'm going to, you know, put them in 10% and each in different areas so that I'm not uh, overly concentrated on any one uh, area or any one category. And then as you grow, you need to continuously understand how you're growing, what's really selling you, make the adjustments necessary for your business so that when you're ready to go ahead and add additional capital, you understand that that capital is going to make me X amount of return. And that X percentage return is where once you know that, then you know, hey, what what kind of cost of capital can I incur and still be profitable and still make sense for me to borrow money or to find a backer. Um, so th- those are the, the most important aspects of starting and then scaling your Amazon business. Sounds good. All right. Well, we thank you for listening. There's hundreds of thousands of other podcasts that you can listen to and we appreciate your time. Um, we are going to be adding a weekly newsletter to what we send out. So look for it on uh, proasins.com. Sign up for it. Reach out to us. Uh, let us know what you think. And uh, we'll be talking to you soon. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to FBA Profits. Visit us at our website www.fbaprofits.us for more details like our Facebook group and Twitter for timely news and events.